She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming around the... Man, let's talk about travel. Your grandma's been traveling around the mountains for Lord knows how long with them six white horses. Odd that they point out they're white, but we're not here for that. Uh, (laughs) It's like the family version of uh, Take One Down and Pass It Around. Yeah. Is that what that song is? Feels the same. Yeah, but on, you're on the field trip on the charter bus and you turn it to Coke instead of beer so that you, yeah, she doesn't yell right. at you. Here's a question I have for us. Like, are, are you guys terrible in the car or good in the car? Terrible in what way? Just like, get me out of here. After about 30 minutes, you just pester everybody in the vehicle. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm riding, I am. If oh, I'm yeah. driving, it's not as bad. Yeah. But I'm usually driving. My wife actually, so my father-in-law used to give, give my wife... Um, rolls of quarters because she was so bad in the car that every time she asked a question, she had to hand over money. <laughs> and she was So she never had any money at the vacation destination because she had spent all of her money in the she, vehicle. That's on awesome. questions? Yes. On, are we there yet? How much longer? Caleb's here too. Um, <laughs> all the Caleb, questions. Speaking hey guys, of travel, Caleb just got back off of, uh, from a, looked like a very fun trip. Long trip. Long trip, but travel was great. How Actually, long? It was nine days. Including Ooh, the travel. So, yeah, nine days. Um, it was the longest since being out with COVID a couple of weeks that I've been away from the gym ever. So Where'd you um, go, Glugstat? It was great. <laughs> uh, Colorado. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. actually, beforehand. You were gearing up for it. Yeah, we were gearing up. So Listen, it, Colorado it in the summer is better than Colorado in the winter. I'm just going to go on record. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say I cannot imagine. We'll talk about this, I'm sure. But the heights thing, it really took a toll on me. I can't imagine adding in the risk factor of the uncomfort driving on like snowy, icy oh, roads. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it was not for me. Really? No. Good way to way to be able to admit that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we're proud of you. Yeah. No, it it took a toll. Like I physically, like I got the first sinus infection, like kind of cold, flu e for the last half of the trip, and I think it was the stress of being in the mountains. I really think it took a took a toll on my so you're not going system. back is what you're saying it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a <laughs> <laughs> what did sarah enjoy it she loved it uh, she actually at one point told me quote but if this is the last thing we're ever gonna see what a great thing to see <laughs> <laughs> and that's I'm when sure the nasal drip started and literally <laughs> that's that when the neck started tensing <laughs> up and i like should have brought my lacrosse ball. Should have waited till after the hike was over before she said that, huh? Man, it was she just it was very surprising. I learned a lot about her and just her ability to not like don't turn around, don't look down, don't worry about it. Just like take a step, you know, that type of mentality. And she rolled with it. So uh it was a great time. I'm picturing <laughs> you right now on those like those ladders that are over these extreme heights, but I think you were probably just on like a nature trail. Yeah, I mean, there, there, was, there, was some, there were some things that uh, I might have built it up a little more in my head. I'm one of those people, though, that I really do, like, I can stress myself out more thinking about something no coming doubt. up than what it actually is. Yeah. And hiking is that way. Climbing up, we had to climb up this waterfall that, like, you actually are scaling it, like, hands and feet. And, I mean, it is a fall down. And uh, I was thinking about it, like, in the moment, like, one step and hanging on with your hand and, you know, holding your body weight in your hands. Like, it wasn't it wasn't actually that challenging, but the fear of thinking about it, even mm. the day before and on the hike before, like, that was worse. So I think I had to kind of learn how to control those, like, insane fear thoughts and just, like, 
bring it down to like what's actually in front of me. Mark Twain mm-hmm. has a quote about that. I don't know it. You can quote it. <laughs> yeah, we one. can look it up. Hearing you describe that, it was it's eerily similar to when I drive past a Krispy Kreme <laughs> <laughs> and the lights on. Yeah, all, yeah, and the lights on. It's like all that same stuff happens with me. So, well, Caleb had uh, you're so brave. Yeah, on his way back, he had opened up his Instagram to some questions about traveling and stuff, and I thought that there were some really good questions and good responses, and I thought it'd be good to kind of dig into. Bring it to the masses. Yeah, travel strategies on when you're going on a vacation. You know, what whether it's to Colorado where you're going to be active the whole time or it's the beach where you're going to lay on the beach like a beach whale for six days, you know, yeah. and any, anywhere in between, you know. <laughs> I think it's tough. You know, that conversation comes up a lot. Obviously, at the gym, people ask us about that a good bit because they, they, they're really proud of the progress they've made and they don't want to they don't want to take a step back. And I think, one, it kind of comes from a um, just a lack of experience in realizing that you're not going to lose anything in a week that you built over the last couple years. So I think giving people that peace of mind and just helping them realize, like, you know, you're not going to you're not going to lose all the progress you made, even though the workouts are going to be really tough for a couple days, even you know, a couple weeks. So giving people that peace of mind. But ultimately, where I start a lot of these conversations with people is helping them realize that there are different types of trips that you can take, right? There's the, like this had been the first vacation. It had been a little bit longer than normal. So, I mean, it had been over about a year since I'd taken some time off. So this was not one of those trips that comes up frequently. And so for us, it was not, it was one of those things where the trip was the absolute priority over trying to maintain fitness or maintain our nutrition. We had worked really, Sarah and I, my wife had worked really, really hard on dialing in our nutrition since January. And so, I mean, it had been six months. There was nothing that we were going to do in six, seven days uh, that was going to affect that progress that we had made. But for a lot of people, it's, you know, you've got a spring break trip and you've got, or you've got an Easter trip, then you've got a spring break week long trip, and then you come back for a couple weeks and then you're on the road at a baseball tournament, then you come back and then, oh, we're going to go down to the beach and then we're back. And so if you have four or five, six of these trips in a year, some are three, four days, some are, you know, seven, eight days, that's where I think it can be more important to really learn how do I maintain some of what I've built over this time? Because, you know, six trips in a year can add up very quickly. It's really hard to get in a routine if you're going out of town every other month or twice in a month or four or five times in the summer, which a lot of people do do that. And so it can feel like you're always spinning your wheels, always trying to start back from square one um, or just giving away all the progress you made in the spring or whatever when you got all that stuff going on. But to me, if you can mentally uh, have a good strategy on trying to just maintain the best you can going into it and understand that you're not going to be setting PRs during that period, it can really take a lot of pressure off. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing more than anything is people feel the pressure of maintaining the the lift that they could do before they start traveling or maintaining the the body fat percent that they were at before. Whereas I, I would look at it more as I'm going to be, you know, get to this point and it's going to give me a buffer to where even if I um, fall back some, I'm still in perfectly fine shape because I put in the work beforehand. Um, and I understand that I'm not going to be um, at my peak physical fitness after going to the beach for a week, but I am going to be in a lot better off than I would have been if I 
hadn't been diligent leading up to it. Helping people understand, and we do this with our nutrition clients, we do this with our Beachbody Challenge at the gym, but helping people start and remember that nutrition ultimately, for what most people are looking for out of, out of focusing on their eating, comes down to their total calories. And so I think when you, when you realize that it's not, like I said before, you're not going to eat 7,000 calories in a day at the beach. You know, you're not going to add five pounds of body fat if you're gone to the beach for five, six days. It's not the end of the world. What you just, and so when you realize that, then you can, like what Hunter was saying, you can relax a little bit and have a little bit more freedom and know that, okay, this is something I can very easily control and fix in the next two weeks. And I don't have to come back and starve myself for a week just to make up for it. I can just make a couple very practical, easy decisions on the trip and get the best of both where you don't feel like you're so far behind, but you also get to enjoy the things about trips. And that's what I work with a lot of clients on helping them really understand that like you really want to make the most of food and eating. You don't want to be torn in between goals when you're on a trip. You need to decide what type of trip is this uh, and what's the most important thing to me, to my family. And then you can go with at least some peace of mind and know, hey, this is the trip where I turn everything off and I indulge in a lot of different things. Or this is the trip where I'm really going to work hard to maintain the best I can. And I am going to focus on, you know, my nutrition and exercising in the mornings before the kids get up, that sort of thing. So identifying that will help you because the worst thing you want on a trip is to be trying to enjoy things on vacation, but not really having a vacation mentally. Cause in the back of your mind, you really think that you need to be out running in the sand or, you know, doing burpees or, Oh, I should have had more protein with breakfast instead of having cereal, you know, looking at the beach. It's like, no, you know, just decide what it is mm. and start there. And then it becomes really easy to make those decisions. I love the way you guys are talking about it too, because it's, you almost get uh, metrics over time. If you're this aware when you're traveling and you start to think, okay, last time I had the, all right, I'm going to give myself a break and indulge. But we've all been in this situation where you wake up the next day, like day two on vacation, you're like, oh my gosh, that was not worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel terrible. I've, I took such a radical break from routine that now I'm paying for it. Right. So you can, you know, it's just like we talk about inside of the gym. Over time, you learn about yourself and you can dial it in. So instead of like, all right, I'm going to hit this uh, large pizza by myself, you know, the next time you're like, yeah, I'm going to indulge, but it really is only going to be probably two or three slices yeah. and a cocktail or something. And that'll be enough for me. You learn. Yes. And that's a, that's the perfect place to be. And it's what we found that it was the same with us was I learned that what I enjoyed was ordering whatever I wanted from the menu, but I did not enjoy eating all of it. Mm -hmm. And so we literally ordered whatever looked good on the menu and all the great like combinations of different things. But we, I didn't eat an entire meal of anything that I ordered. And it wasn't because I was trying to be, you know, whatever I wanted to, like I wanted to eat all the pizza mm -hmm. and I wanted to have the milkshake and the ice cream after, but I found that like, I did not enjoy how I felt after. And so that's where it goes back to how long has this person been eating in uh, intentionally? Yeah. Intentionally. I think for, for Sarah and I both, we experienced this really for the first time when we strung together such a long time of being very intentional and not feeling like we needed to indulge every weekend at home. And so when we did have these fun foods that we ate, we didn't feel the need to, to eat all of it, but we still got to enjoy it. And then we weren't 
stuck in that, oh, I'd really like to take a break and eat all these foods, but it just makes us feel really, really bad. And so trying to balance, like I learned on this trip, I would love to feel good on a trip more than I enjoy 10 minutes of indulging in a food that I think in my mind is a lot better than it actually is. And I hear mm. clients tell me this all the time. I went and I wanted this seafood pasta that used to be my favorite. And even after three, four months, I tried it and it just wasn't as good as I had built it up in my mind. Yeah. And so that's another truth I think that people learn on trips and vacation is if a lot of times we really romanticize food and it's just not quite what we thought it was. And then we feel bad for six hours. Your palate changes. It really does. So your body starts to crave what you're mm -hmm. feeding it. And there's a lot of science behind that. But so, sometimes when we're traveling, we just have these associations like, oh, my favorite restaurant in this town is. Right. And look, this even happens for me when I go home to have a meal with my parents. Like they're still eating the way that I ate growing up. And I sit at a meal and that I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. That meter just goes, boom, that's enough. And it's like a quarter of what I used to consume. The flavor um, is good. You know, there's a lot of nostalgia there, but your body just kind of starts saying, all right, that's enough. So being able to listen to that and just move on, that's a great skill to develop. You know, when, when you're on the road to be able to say, sure, order it. But when your body says stop, just stop. One thing I've, I've learned about <clears throat> myself is that growing up, we always were cleaning our plates and always trying to make sure we finished all our food. And that's carried over to the point where I feel like I have to finish everything that I order. And I'm starting to learn that if I do, I'm going to be miserable a lot of times for hours afterwards because I'm so full and I just don't feel good. And I'm starting to learn to not eat it all. It's okay to have some leftovers or whatever the case may be, or not order so much food because when you're hungry, everything looks good. And then you order all this food and then you can't eat it all. And then you feel bad about it. And so I'm learning that aspect of it. Um, but for me, when I'm traveling, the other aspect is not just the diet of, of it, but it's also the exercise and, uh, having an understanding of what type of trip I'm going on. So like if you're going on a trip to Denver where, or to Colorado, where you're hiking a lot, like I wouldn't expect to work out one time on that trip because you're going to be out hiking, exercising, whatever. But if I'm going to be going on a trip to the beach where I'm going to be on the beach all day, every day, I know I'm going to feel terrible after a couple of days from just laying around doing nothing. And so I've learned that just starting the day with literally a five to 10 minute workout doesn't even have to have weights. It can be body weight. It could be sometimes it can be on the beach or in like the, the gym weight room or whatever with some light dumbbells. Just doing something like that for five to 10 minutes makes the world a difference to me as far as how I feel, you know, after a couple of days on that trip, because um, I've been on trips where I didn't do anything for six, seven days. And it gets to be almost miserable because I feel so bad the last few days from not having done anything. Um, and so trying to make sure I at least get some type of exercise in because of my body is used to it and I'm just going to feel better and I'm going to enjoy it better if I start the day off with even five minutes of a, of a workout. And it's not like I'm going in uh, to the gym and, you know, doing 10 different exercises. I'm literally going in, barely even warming up, hitting the workout and trying to be out in less than 10 minutes because I don't want to spend, you know, much time on vacation in the gym. I just want to do enough to where I can get some, you know, get moving and, and make me feel good for the rest of the day. Yeah. A lot of times it even just sets the tone for making you in your mind feel like, um, 
almost tell yourself you're a healthy person. Like it just like I'm a high energy person. It, we know this. People come in after work to the gym and you can tell there's just that fatigue, that fog that sets in at like three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon and they leave and they're like alive. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that all the time. And I think it's the same on vacation is, yeah, taking a 90 minutes away used to drive. And I used to do this. I would bring, I would load up my car with my travel barbell and I would load things up and I would work out for too long. And you could tell it starts to weigh on the people around you, especially if your family doesn't exercise every day, it can kind of start to affect that relationship. And it, you realize, Oh, I missed the morning trip to the beach or whatever. So like what Hunter was saying, it does not have to be long at all to be effective but just like letting your mind have that stimulant of, you know, and just breathing heavy and having a little bit of a sweat. All of a sudden, the morning you feel more energy, you feel a little bit more tied to maybe making a nutritional choice that's in line with yeah. something back home, um, maybe one little decision you make. So it almost just reminds yourself that like, oh, I make good choices. And then you get that burst of energy and you're done. And it's 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So do you guys, um, yeah, the exercise thing, I think bouncing back and forth between I'm going to drop in somewhere. That's kind of a cool experience to get like, oh, how do they do things here in this particular CrossFit gym? And then I still have a lot of curiosity around when you guys travel, do you cook your food? Like, do you design where you're staying? So the reason I'm asking is because my family, when we traveled when I was younger, we were like, go to restaurants. That's what we mm-hmm. do when we're traveling. Now I hop on Airbnb and I'm looking for a place where I can, with my family, prepare a meal. And that's part of our time together. Yeah. So um, it goes back to the type of trip you're going on. And I think a lot of it is just having the right expectation going into to the trip of what it's going to be like. And so uh, my family and I, we go to the beach um, once a year. We've done it for the last three or four years. And we just stay all stay in a big house and, and stay on the beach. And mostly we cook food during that time. We'll go to the, you know, Walmart or grocery store or whatever and buy a bunch of food when we get there and cook it. And we'll go out to eat once or twice. Um, but for the majority of it, it's eating there. Whereas my wife and I, if we go on a trip, it's going to be, we're not going to be cooking. We're going to be eating out. Like we'll go, go to either a resort where they have food already, or if we're going somewhere else, we'll plan on eating out. And then I'll kind of base my decisions based off of on food, based off how I feel, you know, if like, a, you know, you, you go out and you go on a vacation, you're like, I'm going to eat everything. It's going to be fun. And then after a day or two, you're like, I nah. think I need to mix some protein in here. Cause I don't feel very good. And, um, you know, so that, that kind of, that's kind of how, how we look at it is depending on what the, what, what type of trip it is, what the expectation is. And like Caleb said, if you're with, you know, 10 other people and none of them are planning on working out or worried about being healthy, realizing like, I'm not going to try to spend an hour working out while I'm there. Maybe, maybe you go check out another gym a couple of times because it's, it is fun to go drop another gym mm-hmm. and see what's going on. Um, but not planning on spending a significant amount of time of every day where, you know, you're on vacation with these people to spend time with these people away from them doing something that they're not interested in doing or being, you know, the person that packed all their food and is not going to partake in whatever somebody else cooks, that type of thing. And kind of having that expectation going into it, I think really helps, um, you know, keep yourself mentally in a, in a good place as opposed to start really stressing about, I'm really letting myself go here. I'm falling off the wagon. 
um, as opposed to going into knowing what to expect and having a having a game plan going into it. For the people who are coming in and they're going on a trip and maybe they have not been, you know, they haven't had the perfect diet for six months or 12 months and they're coming in and they're really motivated to make a change, um, lose body fat, maybe gain muscle. And then they end up having a trip that's thrown into the middle of that. Uh, and you're wanting to go on one of those trips where you want to stay motivated or you want to, you know, eat according to your goals. Um, I think for in that case, it is it is good to like make some time every morning to exercise. But also when it comes to eating, like it is OK to eat according to your goals and it is OK to go on a trip and track your food. You know, we're talking about different types of trips for us that are extremely rare maybe Mm -hmm. or they're that thing that comes up once a year that thing you look forward to but for a lot of people there are trips that maybe aren't like the most special trip you're ever going to go on like you know and so for for those types of trips I think just decide on the front end like I want to I want to eat I want to track my food on my trip and you can still you know have spaghetti night with the family and and so still feeling the freedom to be a healthy person when you're on a trip and don't feel like oh, it's a trip. I've got to eat ridiculous. Like I've got to eat key lime pie for dessert and oh, for breakfast. <laughs> you know, Spaghetti like, followed by key lime yeah, pie. Sign know, me up. It, it really is one of those things where I think it, it also is important for people to feel the freedom to be disciplined on a trip, especially if you know it's something that comes up frequently throughout the year. Or if you have a goal that you set for three months and you have a trip in the middle of it, that next trip is going to come up pretty quick. You know, it's going to be the Thanksgiving trip here in no time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be tailgate season in no time. And so we've talked about this on the podcast before, but people are amazed at the frequency of like quote unquote special events that come up throughout the year. And you realize like, Oh, there are 52 events that I have through the year. That's one I've won a week where, so feeling the freedom to go and enjoy a trip and realize, you know what, this trip probably isn't just about food, but for a lot of us, we grew up with, really, really elevating what food experience is like. And I think we want to, you know, not always feel like I'm going to miss the whole trip if I don't eat till I'm sick. Yeah. Most of it comes down to, I think what both of you are saying that I appreciate is, uh, it's about intentionality. There's several different lanes you can take as you travel. Just make sure that you're being intentional. And as far as we're concerned, we talk about that at home base all the time. Just be intentional. You know, if you're on a date with your spouse or significant other, it's not a trip, but you're going out to a restaurant, high caloric intake potential. Just be intentional. That's what we're talking about here. Having that awareness to look ahead, make a plan, and then stay within those parameters and deal with what happens when you give back. You know, reacclimating into your routine, even if it takes two weeks, it's two weeks out of your entire year. Come on. Right? Yep, exactly. And just being aware too, even thinking about the people that are around you, you know, and yeah. like you don't want to eat for them, you know, because especially if you're a really healthy person, you're in the minority of family or extended family and the yeah. people you're around. So don't feel like you've got to eat for other people. If they're ordering dessert, you don't have to. But if you want to it's best to probably just have a plan ahead of time and say, I, I do want to partake in this, or I do want to, you know, have this experience with people. Um, so also being prepared for that. I got a couple questions about that with family, like, oh, my family, you know, they put olive oil and butter all over everything and I want to eat with them. I want to enjoy that, but I also, I want to stick to my goals. And so there, I think that also is something to think about beforehand is 
I don't want these people to feel bad. I don't want them to feel guilty for going to the beach and doing all the things that we typically would do, mm-hmm. but also being prepared for a, like a, a good response in those moments that um, is appropriate for the occasion. Being appropriate with family. There's an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Different podcast. Different podcast. All right. We're too, uh, we're too outside the box, are we not? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> outside the box. That was good. Food edition. No, I don't know. I was uh, just, just, just winging it. Yeah, just winging it. So this is uh, we've transformed this segment here over the past <laughs> few episodes where we're just talking about things we're taking in these days. So what's happening in the world of Caleb and Hunter? Well, we know what's happening in Caleb's world. Yeah, I went to Red Rocks. <laughs> Red Rocks was amazing. Concert, the venue was, so from a music standpoint, bringing that in like that really Who'd was. Who'd you see? Uh, Halsey. Wow. It would not okay. have been the first choice. Yeah, but still. But, but she was there when you were there. She was there, yeah. There's only, I was in, <laughs> what we are the in odds? Denver <laughs> City for three days, really four nights that we could have chosen, uh-huh. so. Um, but I could have gone to anything in the venue and just sat there and like looked at the stage some and then just looked around yeah, for the rest beautiful. of the time. It was, it was great. Denver so, skyline behind the whole thing. Yeah, intentionally lit, all, isn't it? Like the, the they light, they light rock up formations. The they yeah. light the rocks with yeah. different I was, songs. I was cracking up. Y'all went there during the day and there was guys exercising and doing Let like a, tell you about a, the a guys. wall walk type. <laughs> Up the stairs. Doing wall walks backwards up the amphitheater. And it seats, I think it seats uh, like 10,000 or so. I don't know how many steps it was, but I think it may be 70 levels. But the the steps are wide. I mean, it's not like you have your little seat. It's pretty much like a three deep kind of paved yeah. seat. Okay. And so it was a long ways up there. And these guys were wall walking backwards. And I saw lots of different, I could have made a, uh, Instagram story just on all the people that were exercising, but um, so that was cool. And you know, I have great admiration for Halsey. We looked this up because I didn't know a lot about her. She's 27, 26, 27. The girl that opened for her was in her teens. It was her 20th show ever doing a concert at Red Rocks, and it wow. sold Whoa. out two nights in a row for Halsey. And she got up there, and it reminded me how cool it is watching people who are young relatively speaking, to be that confident to go on stage and just like... Own it. To own it. Like to present to 10,000 people, no matter what your skill is, whatever you're doing, there's something admirable about that that Mm -hmm. I found it like inspiring. Just that was a really cool takeaway. Where where exactly is the Red Rocks Amphitheater? So it's in Morrison. If you're looking at a map of Denver, it's like southwest, maybe 15 miles from Denver. Okay. So... It's not too far, but you can see Denver in the background. Cool. It is a season for live music, isn't it? I had a very similar experience to Red Rocks. Uh, I just went to a concert at Renaissance. J.J. Gray Mopro? <laughs> <laughs> well, played? I actually I went there, and I'm not ashamed of this fact, to see Big Head Todd and the Monsters, a band that, to my recollection, started in either 86 or 87. And they're a trio and I've been listening to them, like found them in my teens because they were in like the college circuit deal. And anyway, this guy's an incredible guitarist and I was able to watch a guy perform music that I've been listening to for almost 30 years on album. 86. I was just thinking, doing the math. That's like 36 years. Yeah. He's, uh, the reason they've lasted so long is because he's kind of a savant on with blues 
And um, so anyway, he's got a lot of Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix influence, but he took to the blues later on in his career. And uh, man, that guy, the way he played the guitar, it I actually felt bad for him. I'm like, you're too good to, to be, be playing, playing, to be playing right here with all these people in their mid forties, mom dancing with their trulies up in the air. Uh, <laughs> but he just, he, I think they just love playing music, man. And they, they played like they were at, they've played Red Rocks yeah. and they played like they were there. It was awesome just to see, like you're saying, to see people that good at something, just stand up there and deliver and no matter what's going on. So interesting though, they wrapped up at about eight 30 and then who'd you say it was JJ gray and Mopro. Yeah. Uh, this huge storm rolled in that uh -huh. evening. And, uh, as soon as big head Todd stopped, the whole concert stopped because of the lightning. Uh, um, it added a layer, though. My oldest son is really into electric guitar now. Just got his first one. He's super proud. He's now officially owns a Telecaster. And uh, to, he doesn't really like Big Head Todd, but he was glued to this guy playing the guitar, uh, which was a cool thing. So it was like this kind of family, also nostalgic thing. So I was like, I was about his age when I started listening to the <laughs> to this band. It's coming full circle. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool crazy it was a cool moment i'll i'll stay on the concert theme and we're going to see red hot chili peppers in august in nashville oh, tell me what they sing <laughs> <laughs> i saw a video uh flea he was like handstand walking across the stage at their concert this past weekend so that was pretty cool but yeah we're excited we're seeing him at the uh titans uh stadium in, when is this uh, august like uh 12th or something second weekend of august dude i would say this is bucket list but you've seen them before i've right? seen them a couple times yeah it's funny because if you go to the CrossFit class playlist for that all the Coyote Gems play during classes, uh, all the first like 10 songs are all Red Hot Chili Peppers. And so if you don't have shuffle play turned on, <laughs> like going in the morning to coach morning classes back when I used to coach the morning and you start the music and you hit play, it's the same playlist like oh, yeah. every time. Look, this so, is one of my favorite, and I actually need this on a lot of workouts, especially if it's like high volume wall balls. When Red Hot Chili Peppers comes on, I'm like, oh, thank God. I really, really <laughs> Can't needed stop. that. Can't. Yeah, I really needed that. So it gives me that little extra oomph, you know, to not be the last guy finished. You would in class. not just think, like, oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers workout music, but it is, it's oh, perfect. The interesting it's perfect. thing is, we should probably do an episode on this. I normally don't hear the music. Like, once the workout starts, I don't, I don't hear, hear what's going on. But when the pepper, chili peppers come on, I'm like, <laughs> got it. I'm in. I don't hear it usually either. There's only like a few rare times in a specific workout, like where I might hear it. Like if I'm transitioning onto the rower a lot and it's a yeah. long row or something like that, or you're doing a huge set of wall balls, you mm -hmm. might hear it. But other than that, I don't. I don't Everybody's really not that way though. I'm, no. I'm surprised at the people that comment on the music. Like when when I'm coaching and like a song will come on and somebody will yell, change it. Like within two seconds, I'm like, how did, how you, did you hear it that fast? You're not I, working out hard enough. I get a lot. Like, what amazes me harder. is we've got a lot of people that have the energy to sing or like to move with the music not during the workout. And I'm like, that's just a different mindset. Like going uh -uh. into the gym, it's like, we'll dance. oh yeah. yeah, they'll start dancing or you hear them like a rap song will come on and you'll see someone and they'll start like moving their hands up and you're like, where's that energy coming from? But Never had yeah, that experience. It's, you're one or the other. Yeah. It's either you you don't hear it at all or you're like, the music determines my effort yeah. level right now. Sounds like that's something that should hit Instagram. <laughs> do you or do you not hear the music? Which one are you? It'd be interesting to see. I bet it's... Uh, I bet more people hear it than don't. Yeah. Really? All right. Just for my curiosity, Hunter, what are you reading right now? Is it something crazy? Um. So my 
we can go into recommends. Um, I'm, I've been reading and listening to a lot of this business guy named Alex Harmozy. And I read hit one of his books called a hundred million dollar offers. And I'm reading another one of his, and I've been listening to a lot of his stuff, but he's, he's really putting out a lot of really high level qual, uh, content for, for business owners. Um, so I'm uh, reading uh, his book and then I'm reading this biography on Benjamin Franklin Walter oh Isaacson. Oh my gosh. It's really good. Have that you read it? sounds like a 15,000 page book. No, it's not. It's not that. Walter Isaacson's uh, biographies are a little bit more, um, not quite as long and not as dense, um, quick, better reads, but um, really interesting guy. Had, had, a, had a, did a lot of different things in his life. So uh, I'm, I'm working my way through that book now. And then um, I got sick uh, about a month ago or three weeks ago, whenever you guys were recorded and uh, I had strep throat, so I was at home for like pretty much a week straight. And I didn't—I just laid in bed for about three or four days. I didn't have any injury to do anything. But then after that, I was kind of starting wanting to watch TV. And uh, so I started kind of watching some – the new James Bond had come out, so I watched that. And then I was kind of getting interested in watching some other ones. I ended up watching like six or seven of them. And I was like, I, I'm going to check out these books. So I've read the first two James Bond books. They're short, quick reads, but I really like them. I like them better than the movies, actually. It tells a lot more about – James Bond, what he's thinking and why he does things and the actual character. So um, I've worked my way through two of those, which are which were really good. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, I'm not, I'm not reading much right now. I don't know why I'm just not in one of those reading moods. I've tried to pick up a few books, and it's like... It's just too hot out there. Yeah, it's too hot. <laughs> it's to too read. hot out there. <laughs> I will, though, recommend... Um, I, we just started... I, got, I have two shows, actually, which is unique for me. But we just started uh, the second season of Picard as a family, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. I mean, it kind of hits that nostalgic thing again. So it's a little difficult seeing Jean-Luc Picard old, but he's like, wow, this guy's still acting. He's like 80-something years old, and he's in there doing Star Trek stuff, which is pretty fantastic. I also was sick uh, just after you were sick, uh-huh. and um, I tuned in and started watching uh, Reacher. Yeah. on Amazon. Oh yeah, that was great. The the properly hided Reacher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He actually looked like him and yeah. uh, acted like him. Yeah, it was it was bad for my social interactions after I was uh, sick because I I adopted his social posture, <laughs> which is really not conducive to any sort of relationship. But I was like, man, this guy's awesome. How long till the next one? Next. Uh, are they going to make more? I, I mean, it wasn't that. It was only a couple months. I think ago, so, but so it's it was be pretty a little much bit. the first Reacher book. I mean, it was almost like identical to yeah, the book. I watched an interview with a guy, and he said that's one of the things he was really drawn to is because it was so true to the book. Yeah. And uh, of course, he said there's this interview um, he was doing. So there's 47 or 46 of those books. Are there really? <laughs> there's so yeah, many. Yeah, I've read. So. I, I don't know. Actually, Hunter's the first. When I first started reading, I mean, this was years ago, and when I was getting to know Hunter and he was telling me about all the books he read and I'm like, well, I'd like to start reading some, like I read a little bit before, but, um, you know, I like really easy fiction books to read, to go to bed. And I started reading the Reacher series. And so I've probably read 20, 20 of them wow. or so. And they nailed it. Like everything I saw, at least for me, like mm-hmm. what I saw in my mind with Reacher, it was spot on. Yeah. I was it, like, that is a show that like, was, I think they got it right. Yeah. It was really, uh, way to really go Amazon. A lot like the book. I read like six or seven of them too, so hopefully they'll keep keeping that same theme of keep going through the books. And make they could one. go forever. The guy's a beast. <laughs> he he was. is a total beast. He was. The I don't know that. Um, 
I don't know that that book or that the show was like my favorite as far as like the all the acting mm-hmm. like together and right. But the uh, he carried. I it. love where they're going. He carried it for sure. Yeah, he brought he brought the energy. Those traps of his, <laughs> man, right up there. He's just yeah. a massive. Maybe human. that's why I identified with him so heavily. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. smooth sounds.